the Imposter Syndrome Files. I am so grateful that you're here, and I really hope that you've been enjoying the conversations that you've been listening to, and hopefully finding some tips, some next steps that you can take if you struggle with similar feelings of self-doubt, which obviously, as you're hearing, are fairly universal. This is something that we all go through from time to time. When I started this podcast, my goal was really to try to normalize the experience, to let everybody know that you are not alone, that there's a name for what you're feeling, and that there are steps that we can be taking to manage it more effectively. What I have found over the course of these conversations has been fascinating. I have had an absolutely powerful and different conversation with every single person who I have interviewed. I worried at one point that there may not be enough to talk about. How much is there to say about imposter syndrome? Are the stories gonna start to get repetitive? That has absolutely not been the case. Everyone brings a fascinating new perspective to this conversation. I have learned something from every discussion that we've had. I hope you have too. I wanna make a note that many of these recordings are being done during the social distancing that's happening with coronavirus. I am doing my best to protect the sound quality, but we are all in homes that have pets, kids, all kinds of background noise going on. For me, it's much more important to share with you a very natural conversation between two people than it is to share a perfectly polished recording. So I hope that you will bear with us if there are moments where the sound is not perfect. Uh, Really, my goal is to share stories, not to provide perfectly scripted, perfectly polished audio. So apologies for any imperfections that may be coming through in the recordings, but I'm hoping that you're getting the essence of the message regardless. So thank you again for being here. I wish you all the best and hope that you will consider sharing your own story one day. Thanks again. Welcome, Ilona. It's great to have you here today. I would love to start by just having you introduce us to yourself. Share whatever you're comfortable sharing with us. Sure. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me on your podcast. My name is Ilona Wapari, and um, I am a career coach, and I help women professionals find work, get promoted, or uh, start their own businesses. Um, prior to being a career coach, I was in a corporate environment for um, over 13 years in executive leadership positions, human resources, and a few other roles as well before I made the leap to start my own business. Wonderful. So I'd love to just ask you an initial question ar- around imposter syndrome. And, and that is, what does imposter syndrome mean to you? How if at all, has it shown up in your life, in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was uh, in leadership positions at corporate, um, I was feeling a lot of, um, of I, I guess now that I know what imposter syndrome is a little bit more, a lot of feelings of anxiety, as if I didn't know what I was doing, a lot of self-doubt, because a lot of the time I was surrounded by um, higher level executives around me um, and they were mostly male dominated. So um, 
I, I had this, uh, I had an issue with as far as executives, when I would attend meetings or when I would conduct my own meetings, I would feel mortified as if I, I did not know the information or my biggest anxiety was from um, sort of uh, feeling like they, I was going to be asked a question and I might have not have known the answer and I might have uh, sort of looked like I was a fluke or why was I there? So it started in my corporate career. Um, and at that time, I did not know uh, what it was called. Um, and uh, that's actually um, when I started my own business as I was going out on my own and sort of um, unraveling a lot of the knowledge that I had from corporate to apply that to my own clients. It started showing up again. Um, so uh, but I believe because I, I sort of well went through a self-development journey um, before I left corporate into my own business. And that's one of the major reasons why I jumped. I took the leap. Um, and now I'm a, uh, better able to understand the symptoms of it um, and sort of like feeling uh, this, this drag and this feeling of I don't fit in or I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm going to be found out. I don't know my stuff. Um, even though logically I know that I have a lot of background, a lot of knowledge. Um, so it started showing up when, um, when I took a leap on my business at the beginning stages as well. But I believe that I was able to identify it at that point, And I was able to still take the actions that I need to take and sort of just quiet it down and still, so it wouldn't, um, and still do what I needed to do. So it wouldn't let me, um, it, it, I wouldn't let it stop me from what I needed to do um, at that point in time. Yeah. So that's one of the common themes that I hear from people that I find fascinating. And I can certainly relate to this myself is that there is such a powerful effect when you're going through that imposter syndrome and all of the feelings that you're describing of, oh no, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm going to be found out. Right. And, but we still keep going. And I'm curious, even going back to what you were describing as the male dominated workplace where you were interacting with leadership how did you get through it you you had those feelings but you persevered nonetheless right so what what was going on then how did how did you manage it yeah i think uh i think it's just like a part of me that sort of uh, i like challenging myself so every time that i have um, these kind of uh, fear dominated thinking i sort of just push myself through it so I think I just sort of cope with it on my own and still um, showed up and still did what I could do. Um, and, and it kind of lessened the more I sort of started giving myself evidence for um, that I, I knew what I was doing. And I was actually very successful in my corporate career. So I think the more results I got, the more it started, I, I sort of used that evidence to show myself that, listen, you're not a fraud. You belong here. Uh, you you know what you're doing. You're, you're doing great, amazing things um, with your career. I had a lot of great engagement with my team. So, you know, I sort of focused on the good, I sort of focused on the result I was producing rather than the fear. I think that's absolutely how I got through this and, and my corporate career. I love yeah. how you use the word evidence. I think that's a really powerful way of characterizing it. What what did that evidence look like? What were there specific practices that you engaged in? What did you do to 
be able to then come back to yourself in those moments of self-doubt and say, actually, here's the truth, right? <laughs> here's, here, here's yeah. the facts. So I think, um, as I mentioned before, as I was getting the results, I was, um, you know, I was going into meetings or conversations and I was feeling all these doubts and, and the, all this, you know, the, the symptoms, I guess, of this imposter syndrome, as I know it now, which I did not know it then. But then once I was getting the results and I was getting through it, it was kind of like a confidence booster um, that, see, I don't have to listen to that voice that's telling me that because I do have the results and the meetings went well and I, I would get the, the results that I was going in for. So I just used all of that to, to just get through it. Um, I think, I mean, I, I, uh, later on I discovered about, um, meditation and, 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 um, sort of a yoga and like these sort of spiritual practices, um, which absolutely helped me with that now, because as I get quiet and I kind of understand my feelings or where they are coming from, or even journaling, um, I did not have these, unfortunately, when I was in my corporate career, but I did develop these before I took the leap to start my own business. So now these are some of the most dominant practices that I use um, for to kind of help me cope with it is absolutely the journaling um, and the meditation and, and sort of like exploring my, my, my feelings or where the, the anxiety is coming from or what thoughts are causing it. And, um, and once I know what it is, then I have, you know, better better idea or better choices to start changing that and, and sort of focus again on the evidence that I create for myself. And that sort of helps me get through it. I think when you said know what it is, that's really important to this process too. And it may seem counterintuitive because when we're anxious, we don't necessarily want to dig more deeply into those feelings and into those thoughts because there's a fear that we might get stuck there, right? So I think the tendency when we're feeling anxious is to try to distract ourselves. At least that has been my tendency for a lot of my life. And I think you're absolutely right to point to the benefit of actually sitting with those feelings, trying to understand them a little bit more because that's what allows you to then challenge them, right? With the evidence as you described it, right? With, with more productive ways of looking at things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest the biggest change has been that I know that they exi it exists, and um, I do get like that once in a while, especially like I said in new circumstances or in new situations that I'm constantly putting myself in and I'm challenging myself. I, by the way, I was always um, praised as a child for high achievement, so uh, sort of being a high achiever is definitely something that I had to s still struggle with these days. Uh, to kind of, you know, um, quiet that out and kind of just, you know, be good enough with what it is. But I believe once I am aware um, of what's happening with me, I definitely have a better, I don't get scared uh, from it or run away or distract now. I, I sort of just know what it is and know how to cope myself through it. And I just get you know, I just sort of get through it like that. But I believe the biggest change has definitely been me knowing, being aware that it exists. And I, there's something that I, I have, to, I'm, you know, I deal with and uh, just having those healthy coping mechanisms um, helps, 
helps me sort of get through it when it does show up. And it, it and I see it showing up in a lot. It's not like it goes away. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then every new level that I'm putting myself into with my business right now, it's always there creeping in there, but I feel confident now because I feel like I just, I know what it is. It's not something that's creeping in and I'm sort of like dealing with it. So it's just, I've, I've sort of learned to live with it and to make it my friend and, and just to cope through it either way. So I can do what I need to do and focus on, on, on the mission that I'm, uh, I am out there to serve. So, yeah. You said so many great things just in that recent statement, right? You're not the only one to characterize it as a friend, as, as strange as that may sound to people listening. I think recognizing it for what it is. And like you said, it's not something that's likely to ever go away entirely. It's something that will accompany us through challenges, through change, through times when we're leveling up, right? And But knowing what it is allows us to intervene more quickly with those practices like you described, right? Having those tools in the toolbox allows us to get through it much more productively. Yeah, absolutely. And now I sort of see it as a measuring stick. I see that every time I need to grow, I will feel it. So it's sort of like, okay, I'm in the right track. <laughs> uh, so I, I just learned to use, you know, to utilize it in my benefit and, and uh, get through it anyway, because if it's going to be here anyway, it's sort of one of those things that rather than fight and resist it, um, I'll just embrace it and I'll just cope with it and just get to the other side. And the more I do it, the more I realize that it's absolutely under my control and I just keep, you know, I keep pushing through, but yeah, I, I do use it as a measuring stick nowadays. I'm like, okay, I'm in the right track. I'm growing again. <laughs> I love that. I, and I've advised that as well, because I do think that if we get too comfortable, we're not going to experience imposter syndrome, right? You're not going to feel like an imposter if you have mastered whatever it is that you're doing. And so that sensation, those feelings are a good indication that we're continuing to grow and push ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's absolutely what I learned. And in a way it's, it's, uh, it's an indicator to kind of, when I do fall in my comfort, <laughs> just sort of step out of it and, and, and uh, kind of do, do the next thing because I, you know, I, you get addicted to the growth. Like I, I absolutely am addicted to the improvement and the growth and the challenge and sort of change um, and transform along the way and just be different from the person I was yesterday. So the more you do it, the more to sort of you, you tend to um, enjoy the process. I mean, I do enjoy the process. Like I said, when I do get comfortable, it's just like one of those things. Okay. I'm, I'm here now. What's the next level? So I, you know, I, I sort of always, um, uh, put myself in that next thing because I know I'll just get more resilient and stronger along the way. And especially that I, I have this under my tool belt, I, I say now it's, it's part of my resilience and, um, and that's just how I see it. So it's no longer, um, uh, holding me back, but I, it did it definitely, um, I came along a long way to understand it and to experience it and finally even have have a name and understand like what exactly was happening with me rather than at the beginning I was, you know, I was 
sort of like uh, hiding away or um, staying quiet because I didn't want to feel these feelings. But once I, I figured it out, like I said, um, you know, it's just one of those things that you have to manage. I feel like it's the feelings you have to manage. And uh, with the proper tools, it's, it's absolutely doable. So do you mind if I ask you where you grew up? I am, uh, yes, uh, I am Albanian. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I came here when I was 15. Okay. Um, so, so I've been here about 20, 21, 21 years. Yeah. I am partly Albanian myself, so that's great to hear. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, on my dad's side, I'm Italian and Albanian, so um, so that <laughs> maybe we're related somehow. Look at that. Oh, no. Uh, but the reason I ask is because one of the fascinating things about imposter syndrome is that it's universal, regardless of where you grew up, race, um, any you know, cultural background. It just seems to be everywhere. And I wondered if there was anything that you could point to in your own experience, having come to the U.S. from another country. Um, especially as a teenager, that you think may have influenced your own experience? You mentioned being a high achiever. Is there anything that you think may have been, uh, you know, that that may have triggered in you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, just through a lot of uh, um, uh, reflecting back to when I came here, I, I, I saw my parents, obviously coming to a new country is not easy. And I, I, I saw my parents, even though I was a teenager, struggling to get jobs and maybe speak the language and it was a different culture. So um, I had to work really early to sort of become that, um, that uh, person in the home that contributed to, to the family finances. So I, I sort of grew up very quickly when I came here. And I was one of the oldest uh, from my two siblings. So um, I, I, I just felt like, you know, I needed to like in that role of an older person right away. And I sort of skipped a lot of the teenagers, I believe, because I started early um, in the effort to help out my own family. Because as like, as I mentioned before, my parents were struggling. They didn't know anybody. They had to get very low paying jobs. A lot of times they weren't, they, you know, they didn't find work. So I believe uh, seeing my parents struggle, somehow I think I developed this belief that I will never see myself struggle. So I will always make sure that I achieve or be successful because they, you know, I, I came here and there's so many opportunities in this country where from where we came from, there's limited opportunities. That's the reason why obviously my parents migrated here. Um, and I think somehow within myself, I made, a, I made a promise that I always, you know, wanted to make sure that um, everyone around me is always going to be safe and comfortable. And that meant um, achieving and being financially secure or always um, growing into my career or doing, um, you know, um, doing the next thing and the next thing. So I think that's absolutely where this strengthened a lot more when I came, when I came here and I saw that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I do think that, you know, it's generally the case that high achievers struggle with imposter syndrome more than others, but especially when you have that pressure to 
want to support your family, to want to make sure that you have a different experience for yourself going forward. It just elevates the pressure to another level, which in some cases is kind of a double-edged sword, right? On the one hand, it can come with a lot of anxiety. Uh, On the other hand, it gives you that push and motivation to keep challenging yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have struggled, obviously, with anxiety and, and all that, especially, as I mentioned, when I was in my corporate career. But I think I have that drive that um, it definitely leaves me with. So um, I think that drive even happens now. It's just some, not something that I sort of um, was able to achieve comfortability and, and financial independence, but I still go for more because at this point it's more about uh, realizing my fullest potentials. Uh, but yeah, during the journey, absolutely. I felt a lot of pressure. As I said, there was a lot of, um, um, you know, things that I had to do, uh, well, I wasn't even grown up yet. I had to kind of pick up that role and then do what I needed to do to, to help my, my family. So, Yeah. Now you're you're a coach, so you're working with a lot of people who are in transition themselves. Does this show up? Does this show up a lot with the people that you work with? Yes, absolutely. So um, um, the majority of the um, my clients that I mostly uh, work with is women from corporate that are starting their own. Uh, businesses, so this absolutely shows up with them as well. But I believe because I had I went through the journey myself, um, I am able to coach them through that and um, sort of like identify and understand them a lot better, um, so they can move on to you know to cope with that as well. But yeah, it absolutely shows up with uh, with my clients as well. I hear your coworker in the background. <laughs> It is my dog. <laughs> We've all got some new coworkers these days as we work from home. Right? <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> he's, he, he's saying hi. Who <laughs> wouldn't want to leave him out of the conversation? Uh, yeah, I, I, know, I know about you, but I have certainly found that coaching others and, and having gone through my own journey, you know, it's always a journey. There's, I don't know if I'll ever reach a final destination. I feel like I have been better able to support others through imposter syndrome. And at the same time, continue to grow myself. I feel so much stronger and more confident now doing the work I do than I ever did when I was back in my corporate career. Yeah, because I believe that when you go through it um, and you know what it is and you're you're sort of seeing it in other people as well, you just kind of make peace with it and you just like, it is what it is and we know what it is. So you when you help people through it, you're kind of sort of helping yourself through it as well in whatever level it starts showing up again. So yeah, I have that similar experience as well. So what motivated you to want to tell your story today? Um, so I saw your, uh, webinar, um, and, uh, as you were talking about imposter syndrome, um, I thought it was, uh, really amazing with, as far as like the way that you, you described all the symptoms. And, uh, since I am, um, 
dealing with that as well through my journey and my business, I just felt like I needed to sort of share my story as well um, to help other women that uh, maybe want to start their own businesses or if they want to um, move their careers further in whatever industry they're going or they're in. Um, so I just feel like, again, just through my own experience, I was hoping to help other people with it as well. So that was my biggest motivator to, um, to reach out to, to want to share this. Well, I'm really grateful that you did. I've really enjoyed talking with you today. And I think you gave us some really great tips on how to manage this, how to start just by knowing what it is and then using some really practical steps to manage it more effectively. So I'm really grateful that you were willing to have this conversation with me today. I want to thank you, Kim, for having me on. Like I said, I, um, I, if I'm able to help and, and have, have um, your listeners listening and kind of identify with it and just uh, let everyone know that it is something to manage um, and, and hopefully um, that will help um, help out and help give them better coping skills um, to, to deal with this as well. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and share it with other women who can benefit from this conversation. Before we go, I want to share some additional resources with you. If you struggle with this, with imposter syndrome and you want to manage it more effectively, I invite you to join my free imposter syndrome online challenge. Every day for seven days, you'll get an email with self-reflection questions and exercises to help you better understand your own experience with imposter syndrome and how to navigate it more effectively. To join the free challenge, visit executivecareersuccess.com slash imposter dash syndrome dash challenge. When you sign up, you'll immediately receive your first message. Also, if you're interested in joining a community of women who engage in candid conversations that generally aren't happening elsewhere, I invite you to join my leading women discussion group. On the first and third Thursday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern, we meet virtually over Zoom to talk about questions or challenges related to career management, leadership development, and any other relevant topics such as imposter syndrome and confidence. It's always a great discussion with a great group of women. If you want to check it out, you're welcome to be my guest on a future call. Just reach out to me at kim at executivecareersuccess.com and I will share the call details with you. And if you wanna join my newsletter to receive tips, insights, and updates, text leading women, all one word, to 66866. Finally, consider telling us your story. Contact me to learn more about how you can be a guest on the Imposter Syndrome Files. Thanks again, and have a wonderful day.